Today on Heavy Networking, a discussion with sponsor VMware about SD-WAN and SASE. We're diving into announcements from VMware Explore Barcelona 2022, covering a new SD-WAN client and more. With this client, you're going to be able to connect your users to the SASE cloud with software, no hardware edge box required. Joining us for this SASE discussion and more is VMware's Anand Srinivas. Anand comes to us from the office of the CTO. Anand, welcome to Heavy Networking. And, and, and man, I want to start off with kind of a tough question. I want to address the elephant in the room, or at least it's an elephant to me. Why is VMware in the remote networking business? Because I can look back in history and go, NSX, yeah, I, I get that. That made sense. But what does VMware get out of going after the remote connectivity business? And there's so many other competitors in that space. That's 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 a really good question. But first off, just want to thank you guys for for inviting me on the podcast. And uh, just really quick to say, this is a pleasure and kind of an honor to be on the podcast. You know, I started started listening to you guys back in 2011 when the topics du jour were things like how do we get rid of spanning tree and you know trill and shortest path bridging <laughs> and all that good stuff. <laughs> so it's pretty awesome that you guys are still around doing this, and it's pretty cool that I get to be on uh, after all these years as well. Thanks, it's um, very generous. <laughs> but all right, so let me get to your question. Um, you're absolutely right that when people think of VMware, they think, hey, you guys are the virtual virtual machines people, right? And that's sort of where where it ends. But really, I think the way to think about VMware is that. We're about virtualizing physical infrastructure of all kinds. And obviously that started off with compute and storage um, with our ESXi platform, as, a, as well as our Tanzu uh, Kubernetes um, container platform. But with NSX, we extended that to data center networking, where we built software to find overlay networks in the data center, interconnecting those virtual machines. Uh, but then with the Velo Cloud acquisition, we extended that to the SD-WAN or to the wide area network uh, where we build virtual overlays on top of any set of physical uh, wide area network links um, and do network performance optimization, build overlay tunnels, and allow for unified access management as well or, and policy. Yeah, I think it's really that, I think the strategy here is really that we've got a virtual network in the data center. It needs to connect to the WAN or and the campus as well. Yeah. But really it's what, and then in the WAN, we've been doing the overlay. So it makes sense to just run an overlay everywhere, campus, Wi-Fi, um, yep. WAN, public WAN, private WAN, whatever you like, you know, um, and then have value from that. Exactly. And, and you know, for re remote connectivity, the way we think about it, at least, is this is just one more step in that evolution. And it's extending that overlay network to the mm -hmm. client device itself. And so yeah. that now from the end client device, those clients, wherever they're located, whether they're in the branch, they're in a coffee shop, wherever they are, can seamlessly join that SD-WAN and SASE overlay network. Now, let's just restate that because I think that's really key here. What you're actually saying here is you all have an SD-WAN and it's made up of the VMware SD-WAN SASE product. You've got all of the, you know, box at the edge for the branch, that's the SASE. And then you've got the security inspection, the security features attached to the SASE, um, you know, break it out. What you're saying now is you're displacing that box at the edge, the appliance, and actually putting an agent into the laptop whatever, and saying, connect that to the SASE cloud. So in a sense, uh, for some number of people who are doing remote work from home or a coffee shop, whatever, they become a one computer branch. That's exactly it. And of right. course, the SD-WAN edge will still be a medium of connectivity into mm. the SD-WAN and SASE overlay. But obviously, it depends on the use case, right? You're not going to take an SD-WAN edge to, to a coffee shop. <laughs> so 
you know, it, it, it really depends. And this gives that flexibility of regardless where you're located, connecting into this overlay network where you have SD-WAN and then SASE mm. beyond that. Now we're talking about SD-WAN and we're talking about SASE. For people that are listening to this that don't know the distinction between those acronyms, can you break it down for them? Yeah, absolutely. So SASE is an acronym, I think, made up by Gartner <laughs> called Secure Access Service Edge and was meant to incorporate security services with uh, SD-WAN. And so SD-WAN to obviously bring data to the, tr to the cloud from, from the, uh, the branch environments, as well as from uh, end client devices. And then a single class cloud native set of security uh, functions in the cloud, uh, including things like secure access, uh, firewalls as a service, cloud web security, and then onto the applications in an optimized way. So that suite of products, the secure access, the SD-WAN, um, mm. firewalls as a service, and cloud web security, that was kind of bundled together as SASE. Now there's another acronym as well. I don't know if you guys have, have seen this, but it's called SSE plus mm. SD-WAN. So SSE is just meant to be those security services. So secure access, um, firewalls as a service, uh, uh, cloud web security, and then SD-WAN kind of separately. But so you'll see it in both flavors as SASE yeah. or SD-WAN and SSE. They're all the same to me. Um, <laughs> to, you know, honestly, it's like the idea behind SD-WAN was that you would use, you know, an encrypted overlay over some sort of underlay. And most people are now electing to do that over the public WAN or the internet, as some people call it. And yep. then people sort of said, well, if I'm already connecting to the network, why am I to the internet? Why am I not just sending my security to a third party service or, you know, an, a service in the, the off-prem service where the, the firewalling and the logging and the inspection and the threat detection can all happen. And it just. Exactly. Yep. And, and I, I think that change has also come about because people just access applications differently today. They don't just go through VPN into their private data center to access applications that are in the data center or on-premise. Mm, They're no. accessing cloud applications, infrastructure as a service, and all the rest of it. So yes, it's it, largely it's driven by you know Azure for email. A lot of companies outsource their uh, in, you know exchange infrastructure to Azure, and that starts the trend. Once your email's outside, what's the one thing that most modern companies use more than anything else? Answer email. So then all of a sudden you're thinking, <laughs> why am I, you know, when the exchange server was in the data center, it made sense, but now it doesn't. And I, and the adding the security then becomes just natural to me because you're saying uh, this is the natural progression. We always wanted to add security to the WAN. We always have for 30, 40 years, but it's never been possible. And now all of a sudden we've gone through the transition. So remote access needed an overhaul as well. I think the question that's in my mind about this is the SD-WAN client, does it get the same policies as the the existing SD WAN or the SASE product? Do you get the same the same dashboard? Does it look the same? Run the same? Yeah, absolutely. And that's some of the big integration efforts that we're uh, that we're doing right now in terms of bringing the SD WAN client into the overall solution, um, not just from a data plane perspective, but also from a management and control plane aspect as well. And hopefully, we'll we'll get into that uh, in a bit. Now the SD-WAN client piece. This was this was uh, the result of an acquisition, I believe, right? That's that's right. So we just had VMware Explore Barcelona uh, last week, and we made a big announcement that uh, we acquired a company called Ananda Networks. Uh, this is a company that's not related to me, even though our names sound familiar, <laughs> but uh <-huh. laughs> but they both mean uh, bliss. So you know, take that for what it's worth. <laughs> um, 
And the main product or the main addition that the acquisition of Ananda Networks brings to our SD-WAN and SASE portfolio is something that we're going to be calling the SD-WAN client. So exactly how you said, uh, Ethan. And, you know, the SD-WAN client will enable us to do, to sort of extend that SD-WAN and SASE overlay network to the end client device itself. And the, the target for GAing uh, of the actual product is post some of the integration work that we're doing. So Greg, to the point that you made earlier about mm. a unified look and feel and management and data plane integration, all this kind of stuff. That's what the team is hard at work on right now, doing that initial integration. And the plan is to GA the product, um, the SD-WAN client that is uh, early next year. So, so it's different software from the VeloCloud acquisition, but that, but what you're doing now is all that integration works. So it's all gonna, it's all gonna feel the same. That's correct. Yeah. So the strategy is to deeply integrate the SD WAN client with our VMware, uh, aka VeloCloud, uh, overlaid networking solution. So the idea is, along with you know SD WAN edges uh, and devices behind them, being able to join the the SASE overlay network. The idea is that endpoint devices should be able to seamlessly join that overlay as well and be governed by the same set of policies, have the same kind of network optimization as well, and, and have those benefits. So that, that's, that's the strategy now with, in terms of trying to unify all this together and add a lot of value as a joint, um, a joint uh, proposition. All right. So when the integration's work done, when the integration work is done and uh, I can buy this thing, what are the intended use cases? Is this just a VPN replacement or are there other use cases intended? Yeah. So actually, let me step back for one sec in terms of the motivation for making this acquisition in the first place. Um, and, and that'll bring us to, to use cases. So our SASE portfolio had a little bit of a hole in it that a lot of our customers brought us feedback about. And specifically what this was is that we had a remote connectivity solution and we still have one called Secure Access that works via our Workspace ONE uh, product. Um, however, what happens is it requires customers to have their endpoint devices managed by Workspace ONE. So these are managed devices. And if that's the case, then those devices can connect into the SD-WAN and SASE overlay fabric and you get the full suite of zero trust networking uh, solutions with that. However, what customers brought up to us was, hey, wait a minute, suppose our devices are unmanaged or suppose we don't have Workspace ONE and we have so, uh, something else. Is there some kind of solution in the middle, a lighter weight solution that you can offer for us to get these devices uh, connecting into the overlay? And that's to fill that hole. That's why we bought Ananda Networks to bring in this SD-WAN client that can work with an unmanaged device, but bring a lot of the benefits of zero trust networking access into our, our solution and fill that gap that we had. And so that brings us to some of the use cases that, that um, you, you brought up, Ethan. So the, the, the obvious use case is the one that you mentioned in terms of which is a VPN replacement. And specifically, replace, a VPN replacement with the cloud native as a service uh, and integrated with SD-WAN zero trust networking solution. 
Well, what do you mean by cloud native as a service? That sounded very buzzwordy. What does that mean practically? And then I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna pick you up, pick at your zero trust after that. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> we yeah, we, we hear these buzzwords a lot, so <laughs> you know we always like to pick at that little scab. And see see what it comes out. <laughs> no, that's that's fair. So so on the cloud on the cloud side of things, basically what I'm alluding to is centralized managed or centrally managed through a cloud interface with all of these devices calling home and mm. being seamlessly managed from the cloud in a central way. And so the idea here is that through a cloud portal, you'd be able to manage all of these end client devices. You'd be able to manage your SD-WAN devices and all your policies and all your network profiles and things like that all in one single one single place, right? So there's that yeah. aspect of it. So, versus so, so it's, an it's a SaaS solution. offering. The management plane is a it, SaaS offering, it sounds like. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So and it's then not the, like the oh, VPN, yeah. it's not likely the like the 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 client goes and connects to a box somewhere in somewhere. It actually just connects to a cloud service hosted by VMware somewhere. Exactly. Exactly. Right. exactly. Now the useful part about that is if you get a spike in load, like a COVID breakout and everybody has to go home, or you get a lot of people off sick, or you have a thing in the office where only non-COVID people have to come, you know, whatever that is. You can scale that up and down. You don't have to get a bigger or a smaller box in the head office to handle that, which could be much more useful for people, I think. That's exactly right. And and that's, yeah, I mean, that's the sort of quote unquote as a service part, right? Yeah. Where we're taking care of that elastic scaling for you. We're hosting a lot of this. And so you're not maintaining a VPN concentrator, trying to figure out what the capacity should be and manually scaling up or down. We're doing mm -hmm. that all as a service. Yeah, that's VMware's problem. But when they've yeah. got like, you know, half a million licenses issued, they know how much it's a lot easier to spread the infrastructure around and so forth, you know, not have like a 500 user license and then suddenly send a thousand people home, which was yep, exactly. know, what happened a couple of years ago. So there's a, there's a value there. I wanted to come back to zero trust. How does this enhance zero trust? I mean, obviously now that you've got clients and you've got SD-WAN, but if you're on the laptop, you are much more in a zero trust environment, I think. Yep. No, so, so that's absolutely true. And, and the way we articulate it to customers is this. If you want the full zero trust networking solution where basically the laptop should advertise, you know, obviously it's location and things like that, but much further than that, what version of software does it have for every single application? Or, you know, what's its security posture? What's its antivirus status? And all these kind of down sort of in, in the guts of the device kind of aspects that's where you know using workspace one and using secure access gives you the full suite of zero trust networking on the other hand we can offer a subset of that with the sd-wan client uh, from ananda networks where we can get things like location as an example the type of device um, and other things other basic zero trust aspects like that and user identity as another example and bring that into policy management in order to make sure that these devices are restricted access to whatever they can access. So it's it's gradations of zero trust is, is the way we look at it. And so we have options for customers depending on what level they wanna to get to. But the key thing is again, enabling devices to connect to the SD-WAN and SASE overlay uh, to access corporate resources, regardless of where they're located uh, mm -hmm. in an efficient way. Okay. So now we uh, we beat you up about cloud native and zero trust, uh, and we were that was all in the context of the first intended use case, which was VPN replacement. So let's go back to use cases now. Yep. So so VPN replacement 
as I said, right? So if you if you have you know a legacy VPN like a Global Protect or any connector, anything like that, I mean that's that's the obvious replacement with a modern cloud native uh, version of this, right? Uh, as a service, um, the other big use case, and this is a pretty unique aspect of the uh, of the technology uh, of the SD WAN client, is just a general extranet or any to any connectivity. So the idea is you can build an overlay network that's not just hub and spoke, which is kind of the traditional architecture where a VPN or any kind of solutions like that, typically the communication traffic is just between the end devices and the applications, and that's it. Uh, but in this, with this technology, you can actually have device-to-device -device communication, server-to-server -server communication, in some cases, machine-to-machine -machine communication, depending on, on, on how it all works, some mix of that. All of that works because actually this technology has a unique aspect of it of enabling peer-to-peer -peer communication. And so that's, that's the other big use case of, hey, I just want to build a generalized overlay network where all of these different flavors of communication can, can happen. Uh, but I want them still to be centrally managed and have unified policy and network optimization and all of those uh, good features. So that's that's the other big use case. Someday we got to get an interview going with an engineer that built that part of it, the any to any, and it, it just is it NHRP? <laughs> is it some horrifying layer two thing? What's going on? But so maybe, maybe not today. With an extended address and with an extended AF. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's it's some you know three letter acronym soup, guys for sure. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I guess the interesting thing here is that we're seeing a lot of companies connect to other companies for whatever reason. So. This idea of co-sourcing or outsourcing where and the data is now the core. And when I was a consultant, I used to have to come onto customers' premises to access their network. Getting remote access was very hard. And you're now in a situation where you could give somebody access, you know, a VPN style of access through this capability and then apply a policy and say, you're only allowed to e access these resources inside of the organization that are related to the task that you've been contracted or you know, paid to do. Is that the sort of idea? Yeah, no, that's that's absolutely true. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's that's a super interesting use case around device to device. But mm. I mean, we were thinking like IoT and like machine mm. to machine communication going forward that, you know, that would sort of bring out a lot of these interesting use cases, but absolutely like remote desktop support and things like that uh, would be part of that as well. So Anand, was that all of the use cases we wanted to talk about? Yeah, those are the main use cases. Obviously, SASE generally has many more use cases than that in the sense that SASE is meant to be sort of a one-stop shop um, suite of security products that any device or all of your endpoint devices in your enterprise should go through, whether those are you know, uh, clients you know, sitting in a coffee shop or at a branch, or whether those are IoT devices at a branch or a campus or a warehouse or wherever it is, going through these multiple services um, and so the use cases around these devices all being able to adhere to a unified set of policies and going through a unified set of security services, um, that's pretty key. And that's, mm. um, that's, that's, that's really what we're trying to build out with this overall uh, portfolio. Okay. You also mentioned there's a lot of integration work going on right now because just you know the acquisition was recent and so on. When am I going to be able to buy the SD-WAN client? 
Yep. So the engineering work, our team is, you know, hard at work, as I said uh, earlier, <laughs> in terms of doing these integrations. Um, but so given that process, we're aiming for a spring 2023 GA of the SD-WAN okay. client. Um, what does and, that mean? And I'm just Q3? Gonna, oh, is that Q3? Sorry, Q2, Q3? Oh. Uh, it's it's Q end of Q1, beginning of Q2 right. uh, calendar. Okay, sorry. Uh, yeah, I grew up yeah. on the other side of the world and spring is Q3. <laughs> um, oh, I got it. And my head couldn't decide whether I was in the Northern Hemisphere or the Southern side. So basically what I am hearing though is that you're announcing this now so that customers can engage with VMware and start, you won't be able to buy it, but you'll be able to start planning for it perhaps. And it could go into the mix of if you're planning for an SD-WAN, you would like them to start thinking about a VMware SD, a VMware SASE to starting today sort of thing. Absolutely. And and select customers can beta the solution as well in, in, the, mm. in the meanwhile. But uh, I was wow. just going to predict, by the way, your next question, which was probably going to be around pricing and packaging. Uh-huh. And, yeah, and that one. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and uh, assume that you're going to ask me. <laughs> um, this hasn't been finalized yet, so but it will most likely be a per user pricing model, um, similar mm-hmm. to our secure access solution. And the idea is that we would also integrate this with some of our SD-WAN bundles, like our SD-WAN work from home offerings. But yeah. hasn't been finalized yet. I want to be. I want to be. I can see that at the product meeting for that already. Like, how are we gonna? And you're gonna go like it has to be per user. Is there any other alternative? That's exactly how. It's, <laughs> like, it is literally one per. You know, what are yeah. you gonna do it in lots of a hundred? And people are gonna go. Well, why do I have to buy a hundred? You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> some, some flavor you... of that for sure. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think you know, like you could think of imagine different pricing models, like bandwidth based mm. pricing and things like that, but. Yeah, in a, for a solution like this, per users is is what. Um, yeah, I, I generally think I think for SD WAN the bandwidth model makes sense if you've got, yeah. you know, X number of branches and how much bandwidth do you have? There's a, you can make that argument, not the number of branches, but the total bandwidth of those branches makes sense. But when you get into the VPN side, and I'm not sure that the bandwidth consumption matters as much unless it's a key factor in your costs. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. Well, talk to me about dependencies, Anand. Is this fit for me if I'm like, I'm a big VMware shop and so I should be moving to this solution? Or is this like anybody can really take advantage of this? I, I mean, the idea is that anyone should be able to take advantage. And, and so first off, I just want to say, I, I think so far I've been talking a lot about integrating the SD-WAN client with our overall SD-WAN solution. And that's obviously a, a big value proposition that, that we want to have. But in actuality, we're going to continue selling the standalone solution as well. So even if you don't have VMware SD-WAN, you can still buy the VMware software SD-WAN client um, and have a zero trust solution that doesn't have VMware SD-WAN. And then, you know, and, and, and moreover, just generally with our SASE approach, you know, obviously we are, we do have VMware SASE products. We do have a VMware cloud web security product. VMware, you know, secure access that we've been talking about, uh, VMware firewall as a service, but our general approach has been multi-vendor SASE is fine as well. At the end of the day, we want to offer flexibility to the customers. And so one of the things we've actually invested in over the years have been integrations with other SASE players like Zscaler, like Symantec, as an example, where our SD-WAN solution will seamlessly connect into their um, SSE clouds to offer their security solutions in conjunction mm-hmm. with our SD-WAN solution. And so our general approach has been um, 
multi-vendor SASE, you know, Raghu, our CEO, talks about VMware being the Switzerland <laughs> of all of this. And so that's that's what we try to adhere to. Um, mm-hmm. But obviously, you know, we do have our own solution as well, and there are benefits to that. Um, yeah, um, I while I respect the fact that you've got that approach of works with anybody, and and VMware has sort of like a neutral Swiss, Switzerland type approach to technology, which sort of amounts to we'll let anybody sell our product in any way that they want to sell it. I think the unified stuff is much more powerful going forward as the value in integrating the operational consoles comes to life, in my view. I would like to be able to have the yeah. same security policy on NSX as I do in the SASE solution. And if they're not, you know, if I'm not using the same security toolkit sets or the the same, I'm starting to move away. And we're moving, I think yeah. broadly we're moving towards the one network that a lot of grumpy old IETF engineers have been talking about <laughs> where they say like the campus and the WAN and the data center are all one network. They're not different. And I begin to yeah. sort of, yeah. I mean, I, I would agree, right? I mean, there are a lot yeah. of benefits to have a unified network and unified policy management is, is definitely yes. one of them. Um, and so- That might yeah. be more of an ideal than a reality. A lot of people live in campus silo, WAN silo, data center silo, and they don't, <laughs> there's not a lot of pressure to unify them really. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's, it's usually job security not to unify anything <laughs> and make uh, it some, yeah. some people it is, but, you know, not usually. I think it's more like- this is what I know and understand, and and this is part of what we're doing here is trying to share ideas and, and help people to dig themselves out of that hole. Yeah, that no, no for sure, for sure. Yeah. I I don't have to be a big VMware shop to use the solution. Okay, we got that. That works. But if I am a big VMware shop anon, do I get some specific advantages through integrations or something where that's going to be awfully nice from an operational perspective? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, definitely. So, so the ones that Greg and I, you know, uh, alluded to in terms of unified management is the big one in the mm. sense that the cloud management for the SD-WAN client will be integrated into uh, our VMware cloud orchestrator, which is also the platform that's used to manage SD-WAN, manage SASE, and, and uh, you know, manage uh, uh, edge network intelligence as well. And so there is that benefit from, from that ecosystem that you're getting in terms of the management aspect. Um, you know, obviously from a, like a, a broader SASE perspective, there's also the benefit of just having a single pass architecture to go through all of the security services then onto your applications in a single cloud, as opposed to sort of going to one cloud, then going to another cloud. But, mm. you know, at the end of the day, again, you know, it, it's it's going to be customer driven and the, the focus would yeah. be to offer. Uh, yeah, if I was a customer who had existing deployments, you know, where I had a someone's SSE, I might not want to migrate that yet. Yeah. You know, or the, the, the think that considering how much work that might require in the current environment, that might not be possible or practical or whatever. Yeah. Yep. That's true. Adon, can we get into the architecture a bit? Cause so far we've talked about it pretty generically. There's a cloud, there's clients, we connect to the cloud, the cloud connects us to the things. And that's kind of what we know. <laughs> can you get into some more detail for us? <laughs> right. Um, so if if this ends up being a long answer, I'm going to apologize in, in advance. Oh, good. But, we can um, cut you off. Oh, exactly. <laughs> please do. <laughs> so, sounds like a plan. <laughs> um, so, you know, the, from an architecture perspective, I, I think we should step back and think about a virtual overlay network. Like, what is that? Right. And, you know, one really like, Simple way to think about it is tunnels, right? Tunnels between the various elements uh, operating 
on top of the virtual infrastructure, on top of the physical infrastructure, you know, tunnels all the way down. <laughs> and so one, one way to think about it is, hey, how do these tunnels get built? And what do they get built between? And how does this all happen? Um, and so from an SD-WAN client perspective, there's two main elements. Uh, there's the cloud-based management system, which, you know, as I said earlier, will be part of the VMware Cloud Orchestrator. So that's the management plane. And then there's the data path elements. And the idea is that all of the data path elements, wherever they're located, you know, on-premise, you know, in a coffee shop, in, in a data center, they're all going to call home to the cloud-based management system. And so they're all going to be managed centrally from, from the cloud. So that's, that's, that's kind of the overall arching architecture. And then from the data path elements, there are different flavors. So the first one to start with would be the SD-WAN client software itself. And so mm -hmm. this is the client software or the agent that would go on the endpoint devices themselves. And there's support for all the major operating systems. So Windows, Mac OS, iOS, Android, Linux, right? So you put the agent on the device, um, or in some cases you could even put the SD-WAN client software on application servers as well. So on the applications. And if your deployment called for it, and if there was reachability between all of these endpoints, Actually, you could just stop there. That could be your whole solution in the sense that uh, the unique aspect of this SD-WAN client uh, architecture is that there's peer-to-peer -peer communication available as well. So tunnels can be built directly between the endpoints and the endpoints can talk to each other uh, with, without any intervening nodes. So that's one architecture that you could do and th that you can have for secure access. So before you go into the next one, one, one quick question about that. You mentioned basically there's a gigantic overlay fabric. There's tunnels. Everybody's connecting to each other over these tunnels. Is there admission control in the form of certificates? Like, do I have to present as an endpoint uh, certificate to say who I am? Yeah, so it's it's all over IPsec, the, the communication between each mm -hmm. of these endpoints. And so in, in that sense, everything is end-to-end -end encrypted. And... Um, we, we support different models of, of building those, those kind of tunnels, and that would all be centrally managed. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, doing it over IPsec, just in case anybody's thinking, why aren't you doing it over TLS, which is rather popular, it's actually better for flow control because uh, doing sessions over UDP keeps the uh, performance up weirdly. Yep. Unless yep. Because if you do TLS over TLS, things start to get a bit weird. True. True, true. Um, but yeah, so, you know, that's one architecture. It's obviously not the main architecture. So, <laughs> so yeah. definitely don't want to give the impression that you actually have to deploy all these clients. But just it, it's just useful in a way to sort of build up this architecture uh, in mm -hmm. general and all the possibilities. So, you know, there is this possibility of complete, you know, endpoint to endpoint. But then the next level is, hey, what if you don't have reachability? And, and you're not going to have reachability in general, right? Because you know, most of these devices are going to be behind, you know, in private networks, behind firewalls and things like that. And so that reachability isn't going to exist. And so the second data path element is something we call the SD-WAN client relay. So these are hosted VMs. And so these are either hosted by us, VMware, or they could be hosted by our service provider partners that are reselling the solution. Um, and what they do is they enable endpoints to connect to each other via these basically rendezvous points, you could say, right? Proxies? Um, it's a proxy? It, it, uh, it's, it's not quite a proxy because this, the connection is still end-to-end -end encrypted. 
And we mm. don't sort of unencrypt it at the midway point uh, and then okay. re-encrypt it or anything like that, right? So they, all they do is just provide a way to talk via a middling point because they can both reach out mm. to that middle point. Um, well, the IPsec the tunnel key, terminates oh, at yeah. the edge of your network, right? So then, exactly. So at that point, you can then steer the traffic using standard multi-tenancy models. So some form of tagging of the packet going forward across your own backbone. And keep exactly. in mind, of course, that VMware, like right the way back in the VeloCloud acquisition that VMware acquired this, there was always a backbone that yeah. that was part of this, the SD-WAN solution. You always came into the backbone and then your traffic traversed the backbone and then jumped off. And that provides you with acceleration and the ability to add SASE and SSE. And then also all the telemetry gets a lot easier when you know all the traffic comes into the cloud. So then it becomes much more cloud-centric than the reverse. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Mm. So, I mean, that that's definitely one one aspect of it. But I think more important, Greg, is is the the point you also made, which is everything is multi-tenant, right? So, mm. traffic from multiple endpoints from multiple customers can go through the same client relay, but their traffic mm. will remain segmented end to end and end to end encrypted, and mm -hmm. they will adhere to the policies that each of those individual customers have set up. So yeah, that, when you can't you can't decrypt most of the modern traffic anyway. If so, yeah. you know, it's not like in your case of TLS 1.2, you can actually decrypt it transparently. You actually have to have clients on the all that sort of thing. So your data is secure in that sense. There's no point in implementing a, a, a VPN model or a remote access model that relies on interception. Yep. Now, exactly. now you mentioned something else in there. You said some of these relays would be VMware hosted, uh, so globally mm -hmm. available, and I get a slice that is secure and multi-tenant for me. Uh, but I could host a relay myself if I wanted? You could, you could. Um, and so, I mean, whether a customer would do it or whether, I mean, mo more likely a service provider partner that's sort of reselling the solution to multiple customers would would probably do it. But yeah, in theory, um, yeah, you could do it as well um, to, to, to provide that connectivity. It, I mean, if you insisted on having a single tenant Version. Okay, so you're saying, yeah. you know, in theory, so I could do it, but you're you're thinking not that many people are actually going to want to do that. Yeah, because I mean, it goes a little bit away from the as a service model, right? The idea that yeah. we would be the ones worrying about sort of elastically scaling and all, all like taking care of all that complexity. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's 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 possible. Yeah, yeah there's there's a so. few people with some specific data needs that might insist on that because reasons, regulatory compliance, uh, GDPR, who knows? Um, they'll, they'll, there yep. might be some cases there, but by and large, I'm going to connect to VMware's SASE cloud and take advantage of where, uh, presumably you guys have pops all over the world that you've got relays? Absolutely. Yep. Mm. Yep. And okay. and these are pops where, you know, we have other services as well, obviously with our gateway, with uh, some of the SASE services as well. And so it's all you know, part of that cloud service that that we have. Mm -hmm. And and I guess one one additional thing is the cloud, well, actually, I guess, no, no, I, I need to get to the, the the next part of the architecture before I can talk about that. <laughs> so okay. so let, let me let me let me describe that aspect. So <laughs> there's a so so far we've talked about the client software that goes on the endpoints. We've talked about the client relays that enable you know reachability between these endpoints. The last case is the fact that you're probably not going to want to put an agent on every single endpoint. <laughs> um, for example, you know, if you want to expose a bunch of devices in a branch that are on a private secure network um, that are all on the same network, 
it's pretty inefficient to build individual tunnels from each of those devices if they're only going to be in that branch. Similarly, if you have a set of applications that you want to expose that are also behind a private secure network, again, you can expose the entire network as opposed to just exposing or as opposed to individually having tunnels from every single endpoint. Oh, yeah. So mm. I would argue that in a zero trust environment, you want those people accessing zero trust some way and doing it. If your organization has more than half of your users are now working remote, then people in the office should be looking like remote as well, in my opinion. That's that, fair. That's fair. So, that would, so maybe be, a strat- on the that would be a strategic yep. move, not not something you should immediately run out and do. That would be like saying, you know, my my general vision of campus networks or branch networks is that they're just ways to access the public internet. And yeah. that's it. No, yeah, I, I mean, I agree with that point for sure in, in general. Um, but, you know, I think from an efficiency perspective, yeah. I think a, lo- a lot of folks, even from a branch, still have that kind of aggregation mindset. So when you're mm. in the branch, aggregate yes. it. But yeah. when you're in the coffee shop, you know. And you can only implement so much change at any time too, right? So, yeah. Well, there's a flip side to this though, which is I don't want, I don't necessarily want to have to embed the client into all of my applications or all of my servers. So I could see a gateway that shares a network out as, uh, as a use case there. So all my clients are trusted and have gone through the zero trust and the authentication and the authorization and all of that. It terminates on the, the, the gateway and then have access to what, more like a traditional VPN. I have access to whatever's yeah. beyond that, that that gateway is sharing. I could see that being a practical uh, way to go or, or maybe even a halfway step if I'm trying to add this to my brownfield. Yeah, exactly. So, so that gateway uh, is, a, is another piece of software called the SD-WAN Client Connector. So that that's the the last sort of data path element uh, to the solution. And the idea, this would be a VM, but this one is single tenant, right? So a customer would have to deploy this in the networks that they want to expose in this way. And so, you know, that could be on the branch, that could be, you know, in, in the data center. You know, one of the ideas that we have going forward in terms of integration is potentially integrating this client connector with um, a VMware uh, SD-WAN Edge, as an example. Right, mm-hmm. so to sort of bring bring that uh, capability together, and so those are all. I, I think as we go, you know, uh, on this journey, there's a lot of integrations that will that we'll be looking to do. There's another integration that we have in mind around how to bridge traffic between um, this SD WAN client uh, mm-hmm. overlay network and the the the, the normal SD WAN uh, network, and that's going to be available for for GA. And so that's yeah. going to be within our SASE pops using these client connectors to sort of do that, that kind of bridging. And so, um, yeah, so, so, I mean, all, we, we see all three of these elements potentially being used, but again, you know, the, the main idea here is to provide flexible models mm-hmm. to customers. And so they can do, you know, the traditional hub and spoke, they can do a mesh type system. They can do, you know, whatever they want with the key thing being that whatever they do, it's still going to be, you know, centrally managed, adhering to policy, adhering to, or, you know, having these advantages around network performance and so on. Okay. Um, <clears throat> sorry, uh, Ethan, I, what I was, what I also wanted to just kind of quickly cover were some of the unique aspects and some of the differentiating factors, but I mean, any, any other questions before I, I get to that? No, go for it. The differentiators are, are key because a, a lot of these solutions do sound similar. So I would love to hear what's different. <laughs> All right, cool. So, there are a few, you know, very unique aspects, and and this was one of the motivations also behind the acquisition 
we we thought the technology that the Ananda team was using was really interesting. And you know, the the first really interesting differentiator that they had uh, was something they call Smart Path. <clears throat> and so this is an ML-based system that actually enables uh, the selection, the optimal path selection between any two nodes in the system. So, and and again, nodes would be the endpoint, you know, the, the agent sitting on the endpoint, the relay nodes, uh, or the 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 endpoint sitting on, um, or the agent sitting on applications as well. And so basically, you know, there, there are multiple possible paths between any two endpoints. There would be the direct path that they could go over, or they could go over one of many different relay nodes that are that are hosted in, in, in the cloud. And so in order to make that optimal path selection, the solution uses uh, you know, some, some pretty interesting techniques in terms of obviously first trying the direct, then trying the closest relay, but then if that's, that performance isn't good enough, potentially trying other relay nodes as well and ending up with the optimal path in that way. So that smart path technology is pretty unique. Yeah. Well, that, that feels SD-WAN, uh, SD-WAN-ish. Um, we're, we're taking an optimal path, but not from the perspective, as you say, directly of what a routing protocol might compute to be fastest path and most direct. You know, BGP on the internet being notorious for not necessarily giving you, it gives you connectivity, but it doesn't necessarily give you the best performance. And so an overlay has the, op- has the opportunity to compute whatever it feels is best path based on whatever characteristics you tell it is, latency is most important to me or jitter is most important to me, et cetera. Um, so now you said, you know, ML-based and so on, we're gonna try a bunch of different paths through the relay <laughs> mesh yep. to determine what is most performant for a particular class of traffic. Yep, exactly, exactly. Uh, I, I thought you were about to catch me on another buzzword, but it uh, <laughs> looks like I, na- I narrowly escaped. <laughs> Well, I don't know what the ML part means, if I'm honest, because I would think it's just math, but uh, yeah. There you go. It's all algebra, man. But, um, but yeah, so the, the second thing that, you know, I definitely want to call out, or I'd be remiss, is elements of our, um, what we call our dynamic multipath optimization technology. So this is one of our key differentiators of our SD-WAN solution, of VMware SD-WAN, a subset of those elements are actually part of the SD-WAN client. So these are things like forward error correction and some aspects of protocol optimization as well. And so now that's actually embedded in the client. Now, obviously you can't do as much as you could do like from an appliance, right? Which has a lot more horsepower and things like that, that, that you could use. But the fact that a subset of those are in the SD-WAN client and that can cater to real-time applications and things like this, um, and and sort of adjust performance based on that. That's really interesting, and that's something customers have been asking us for 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 quite a while. Which is again SD WAN in a client, an endpoint client form factor. Mm. So that's 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 the the, the next part. You, of you want all the advantages of SD WAN. You're not going to get the bandwidth redundancy that you would get from a box, of course. And yeah. that that feature will always remain a hardware feature. I think for the foreseeable future. The idea that somebody be connected to Ethernet and a Wi-Fi from a laptop just seems a bit of a stretch, but okay. Um, <laughs> maybe a dream. Maybe maybe that's the goal. That's the aspiration. Um, but it's all the other things. It's the the local firewalling that the SD-WAN appliance has because you're already doing flow steering and flow analysis. You're getting policy from a central point. Well, why not push that policy straight down to a laptop or a, a smartphone? 
You know, if you're yeah. partnering with an MDM solution, why not? Uh, if you want to do logging of what the user's sending, if I was a financial institution and I have uh, legal requirements to track whatever they're doing, I can see how much WhatsApp traffic is being sent and when, and that could be part of the compliance that you have to do to go back to the SSC and say, my traders are not colluding because yep. we don't see any WhatsApp traffic or whatever, you know, that sort of thing. Yep. I, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, serious question. If um, if I can do multipath selection in the client, does that mean if I do have Ethernet, Wi-Fi, and LTE, let's say, or 5G, not LTE anymore? My goodness, we're mm-hmm. on 5G yep. now. Um, is that a uh, is that something that can be taken advantage of by the SD WAN client? Um, so not today, but those mm-hmm. are absolutely things that we're we're thinking about. Yeah, it's it's a really good point. I mean, Greg, you br- you brought up like wired mm-hmm. Ethernet and Wi Fi. It's probably not that. It's it's more like what you said, Ethan, which is you know Wi Fi plus cellular as an example. Mm-hmm which most devices do have and more and more devices will have in the future. And so there is that aspect of it. Uh, Right now, though, the focus is just on single link. So think about like, even if all you have is one uh, link over Wi-Fi or over cellular, whatever it may be, for an application like Zoom, right? You may just want to protect that traffic and make sure it gets there the first time. So you may want to add forward air correction to that traffic uh, in order to make sure that happens. On the other hand, if if it's something like email or something like less less uh, sensitive, you may not care and you may treat it uh, very differently. And so, you know, uh, enhancements like that are the subset of of strategies that we're going for right now. But going yeah, forward, yeah, yeah. I think we will start to look at you know simultaneously maintaining multiple links, even from endpoints, and uh, optimizing um, you know packet steering between them as well. So am I getting incredible logging and record keeping with all of this and on so I can throw something at my auditor and say, here, here's what you want. Leave me alone now. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That, that's, that's an integral part of any of these type of solutions. Yeah. So for sure. Um, and, you know, just, just wanted to like call out the fact that, you know, VMware does have multiple security products like Carbon Black, NSX Firewall, Workspace ONE. So, you know, customers sort of know us and expect, you know, features like that from us. But nonetheless, they still take us through the ringers with their, you know, security and compliance teams. So, you know, it's always, you know, trust, trust, but verify in, in <laughs> any case. Um, um, <laughs> but, 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 you know, the, the, there was one, one other uh, differentiator that, that I missed. Uh, sorry about oh, that. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Which is, no, no it's, it's all good. Um, it's integration with our AI ops platform uh, mm. called Edge Network Intelligence. Um, and so this is probably like the, uh, another very key differentiation, which is that this integration, um, and, and actually this was one of the announcements we made at VMworld uh, Explore Barcelona or VMware Explore Barcelona, which was around self-healing. So using analytics to analyze application performance data and actually take action against the network and route around problems. And that's yeah. a capability that we would look to extend into SD-WAN client-based uh, networks as well. That's that's absolutely key for SD-WAN client because you go from effectively, you know, 20 or 30 branches to a thousand branches because every user yep. becomes a branch and the help desk load, the operational load to sustain those users gets much more difficult because now you've got hundreds more WAN connections, you know, home internet in some countries that'll be fine and in other countries it won't, or if some people live very rural, their internet bandwidth might be poor. There's so many issues there. And if you've got an AI ops tool saying, 
you know, oh, hi, you know, oh, I can see that your traffic's running very slow. It looks like it's definitely your network connection. Please ring up and abuse your home internet provider is a lot easier <laughs> than, you know, well, I don't know. Call me back tomorrow if it's still not working. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> no, for sure. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And th- so I think that's it's very much the thing that we need to do now is reduce the operational workload. And I'm a big fan of AI ops and it's early and it's, you know, it's going to be a little bit ugly like most emerging technologies are. And I think there's a lot of, but on the other hand, the rewards from that over time should be enormous. As, as, a, as a working engineer, you should find that you get to work on good work, like, you know, working through licensing uh, from the vendors instead of actually just <laughs> handling user Sorry, did I say that out loud? <laughs> is, is that what you consider good work, Greg? <laughs> I was being sarcastic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> licensing audits is obviously the highlight of everyone's day. That's why it's a product feature. <laughs> Customers love it. I mean, they must have been asking for it, right? Absolutely. <laughs> So, Anand, this has been a great discussion. Thanks for humoring Greg and I as we uh, second-guessed your buzzwords and tried to dig in under the <laughs> surface to find out what's really going on with the solution. People that are listening that are intrigued, how do they find out more? So they should head to sassy.vmware.com. It has all the information about everything that we've talked about today, starting with the SD-WAN client and the Ananda Networks acquisition, but also about SD-WAN, about our cloud web security product, about edge network intelligence and all the rest of it. So definitely head over there for for more information. Excellent. Now, if you do an internet search, you'll find press releases and so on. But we also have that at the packetpushers.net website where there are show notes. If you've never done that, it's just, it really is a treasure trove of information. Lots and lots of stuff there. We will have links to the blog post, the data sheet, press release for all of this. So you can more easily find what you're looking for. And our thanks to VMware for sponsoring today's episode. And again, a very special thanks to you for listening to the end. And if you do poke at your VMware folks about their SD-WAN, SASE, and other remote connectivity options, would you please let them know that you heard about it on Heavy Networking, the flagship podcast from the Packet Pushers Podcast Network. And that's right, I said podcast network. If you visit packetpushers.net slash subscribe, you will see our entire lineup of nerdy shows designed for your professional career development, including Day 2 Cloud with me and Ned Belavance, Heavy Strategy with Greg Farrow and Jonathan Johnson, and brand new Kubernetes Unpacked with Michael Levon. And when we're not in your earbuds, you can find free training content and vendor demos over on our YouTube channel, plus white papers, industry news and blogs, and a free Slack group. Again, it's all packetpushers.net. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're on LinkedIn and Twitter, of course, if you like those things. Last but not least, remember that too much networking would never be enough. <laughs>